everyone. Um, before this episode starts, uh, and on behalf of the entire Byfield team, um, I just wanted to take a moment uh, to pay our respects to Fred Banning, who sadly passed away last week. Uh, for those who didn't know Fred, he was the head of comms at Vincent Mason's. Uh, several of us here have worked with him in some capacity or were close to him. Um, not only was Fred an excellent communications professional, he was also very kind, thoughtful and generous. Um, three years ago, he successfully campaigned for people with terminal illnesses to access the COVID vaccine faster so that they could spend some time with their family and friends. Uh, Fred also founded Fifth Day, which is a platform connecting law firms to pro bono opportunities. So if you wish to honor Fred, I believe that Pinson Masons has launched a fundraiser for cancer research in his memory. Or alternatively, you could also visit Fifth Day's website to make a difference and give back to the wider community. Um, we at Byfield send our condolences to his loved ones, as well as his former colleagues in this difficult time. Welcome to Council Culture, the business of law podcast brought to you by Byfield. Uh, welcome back to Council Culture, the business of law podcast. Um, this week, I am joined by by uh, Bob Nightingale, MVE, uh, founder uh, uh, of the London Legal Support Trust, uh, which is a charity that raises funds for free legal services in London and the southeast uh hello bob lovely to have you on the show how is it going very well thanks building um, up for the next walk june the 13th and yeah nearly there yes nearly there yeah 19 days left uh oh, how are you feeling the pressure <laughs> there's pressure yeah that's what you want is pressure yeah we've got 11 11 000 plus walkers already and they're still yeah. coming by the by the droves and um it's going to be big it may well be the biggest ever it will certainly be the biggest since the pandemic it, it's um, it's I mean, yeah which is good uh and yeah i saw there were 875 teams participating so far which is amazing um more than that now <laughs> more than that now oh, oh, every, wow. day, every day teams are joining in Oh and wow! That, well, that great. Eleven thousand walkers will be twelve thousand by the end of the week. Really? Yeah, they're coming by the by the droves, because because they're very nice. People, <laughs> people don't think lawyers are lovely, but actually, there's a lot of lovely lawyers out there yeah, who are, yeah. who have a social conscience and are happy to raise funds for free legal advice, and that's great. And we also have a good time while we're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be sunny. Uh, we'll be participating as well, so I look forward to it. It will be my first one, uh, so really looking forward to it. Um, it's interesting. I saw there were so many corporates as well participating, which is really, really good. Uh, yeah. And you know, so that's fantastic work. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, do you want to give a more kind of general overview of what you guys have been up to in preparation for the walk and kind of. Um, what you're hoping to achieve with it this uh, this year um, in terms of, I don't know if there's a goal that you'd like to reach uh, in terms of fundraising uh, and any kind of activities that you guys have been up to? Well, there's a, there's always a goal. You've got to have a target. Yeah. And, and we would love to reach a million pound this year. Okay. We nearly did, nearly did it in 2019. Yeah. And then we thought in 2020 we'd get to a million pound. Of course, the pandemic came along and everything went yeah. completely squiffy. And yeah. even after the pandemic started to wear off, there's so many people working at home that it didn't do us any good. 
But sure. we're getting there now, and I can see £200,000 already on the fundraising web pages. So mm -hmm. there's every chance we can meet that target, and we it, it's needed. And there's been such a loss yeah. in legal advice at the same time as there's been such an increase in the need for legal advice yeah. that it's a problem. And legal aid does some things, but by no means does it do everything. Yeah. It used to do yeah. more than it does now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we'll come to that in, a, in an instant. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of chat a little bit. I mean, I'm sure you will have seen that um, Alex Chalk is now the kind of uh, Justice Secretary. Um, what do you think of the appointment and what do you think his priority, priority should be in regards to access to justice and kind of what challenges he might encounter along the way as well? How much do I know about Alex Chalk? He was Solicitor General last year and he came to the walk. So yeah. his heart's, heart's in the right place. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably a good appointment. If I ever believed the Lord Chancellor would last more than 10 minutes, they, they come and go like yeah. trains at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think he could be quite good. Whether he's powerful enough to stand up to the forces aligned against him, that's another thing. And when I say that, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean the opposition. Um, I mean, the Treasury, other yeah. government departments, all because if he's going to make any difference at all mm. to access to justice for people that can't afford to pay for it, he needs money and he needs yeah. money for his department. And that's a hard battle for any minister. Yeah. And I remember Lord Back trying to keep hold of Ministry of Justice money when he was a, a minister, he wasn't a justice minister. And he was driving around the bend because the other government departments all used to outgun him yeah. in the bidding rounds. And I think Alex Chalk faces the same problem, other government departments outgunning him in the in the bids for money. And without extra money, I'm not sure there's much he can do. He can yeah. rearrange it. I mean, we deal with law centres and specialist legal advice agencies mostly. And it used to be that they were funded with grants mm -hmm. and they had to report back and and show that they'd done the work. And then it went to contract funding. And for various reasons, contract funding is diabolical for free legal advice for poor people. Mm -hmm. it, um, funding by the case, so much per case, is actually far, far worse mm. than the old funding by the hour because the people with the greatest need take the longest time. And when you fund by the case, like Legal Aid does, then anybody that wants to make money out of Legal Aid or even not go broke on Legal Aid has to concentrate on the most able people because mm -hmm. they're the quickest to deal with and also the simplest cases. And that is no way to run the system. And that's what contract funding and funding by the case does. And so if he wanted to make a real difference to civil legal aid funding, and I'm not an expert on legal aid anymore. It's a long time since I had anything to do with it. I would seriously look at grant funding law centres, legal advice centres, mm -hmm. instead of straight legal aid. But that's yeah. pretty radical. And that wouldn't necessarily take more money and just a rearrangement of the money. But I think if you let them loose to do a good job for the people that need it most, they'd probably do a better job than the bureaucracy does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, I think one of the challenges here is, is 
convincing the government, which has been cutting funding for all sorts of departments and initiatives and whatnot to, to give more funding to this. And I don't, I'm not sure well, the current government... Every department's after more funding. I mean, look at health. Of course. Look at education. Yeah. And they're yeah. big, powerful departments. That... Oh, for sure. But for... <laughs> I, 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 it's got I, me well hard to stand up to them. For sure. And, and I mean, I think a lot of the general public also sees the direct need for that because it affects their children, it affects their health. But at the same time, um, it, um, people might... It, it might they might not see the need for access to justice until they're faced with an issue. I think there's a, a lack of kind of a discrepancy with the understanding here, and it's not because because they they're, they don't face it legal issues every single day until whatever happens with the landlord or with an employer or with a discrimination issue or whatever it may be, and then they're like, well, actually, I need this, and I realize that I can't access this. So I think the people I, I had this discussion with Robin Knowles actually uh, a few weeks ago, and it's, it seems to him at least, and I think I would agree that a lot of the general public don't have that awareness. And I think maybe it starts there to be able to then lobby the government to fund those things is to actually have the people behind your cause as well, to, for them to understand what's at stake for their own lives and how it can affect them well, in any particular way. That's always been our problem. Fundraise, yeah. Fundraising for legal advice is really difficult mm -hmm. because people will understand children with cancer or digging wells in Africa or wherever, yeah. they don't understand the need for free legal advice. If you take one particular bit of it and talk about the homeless, say, yeah, then people understand that. But it, it doesn't get out. And that lack of public knowledge and support is what underlies the weakness of the Ministry of Justice in battling for its bu budget. Because yeah. all MPs are looking at their voters and saying, what will get me elected? Absolutely. And you know, it's health and education. So he's got a hard old job, Zelix And Although the very little I've seen of him, I thought he was a very nice bloke and could <laughs> probably do a good job. Yeah. Whether whether he can stand up to that sort of pressure from externally and fight his patch, we shall see if he hangs yeah. around long enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they do. Come and go. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> Those justice justice ministers do come and go, but um, no, it'd be good if he sticks in there. He he seems to have the right attitude. Yeah, which is positive, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you see people in government at the moment, um, we've got an interesting mix to say the least. To say the least. So it's um, yeah, it's good to have someone that people actually think might be a good choice. Um. So, yeah, interesting. Um, hopefully he'll start kind of talking to people in the kind of access to justice sector a bit more and try to understand what the priority should be. Um, but I appreciate that he's just got into the role. So, uh, yeah, give so him yeah. A chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's give him a let's give him a chance. Uh, yeah. But in your view, I mean, right now, the way you're seeing it, and I don't know if, if anything's changed in the past, you know, 10 years, 20 years, but what challenges to access to justice are you seeing? And do you think that LASPO has had, because it's been 10 years now, has had a difficult, <laughs> yeah, has had an impact on, on access to justice at all? Well, of course, LASPO was disastrous. Yes. Um, yes. It was intentionally disastrous as well. I mean, it, it wasn't an accident that they took out all the funding for benefits cases and yeah. 
employment cases and on a lot of housing cases and family cases. That was an accident. They did that on purpose. And yeah. and it has been disastrous for people facing those problems, yeah. um, which is why we try and raise money to fill in some of the gaps. We we can't fill in all the gaps that Lespo no. caused, but we can make sure thousands of people get help that wouldn't have got it otherwise. Um, yeah. And yes, if that was the easy bit of the question, was Lespo a terrible thing? Well, yes. Well, yes. And hard to repair. Once that money's gone, it's gone, and it's very difficult to get that back yeah. into place. I mean, to suddenly say, you say, what challenges have we got recently? The massive increase in um, people coming to the advice agencies about debt, benefits, money problems, generally going mm -hmm. broke. That's probably the biggest increase since the pandemic. It increased during the pandemic, and then the cost of living increases. The more the cost of living goes up, the more people fall into poverty, and yeah. so of course they're looking for help. Um, and that's that's a very difficult thing. And I've lost my train of thought. So <laughs> because I've started thinking of all those people, well, it's difficult as well because a lot of agencies have closed. Lots yeah. of closed. Yeah, more yeah. through more through austerity than through um the pandemic to tell you the truth interesting i no. didn't realize i would have thought that the pandemic would have been like a massive factor into that but it it was a big factor but it had some mitigating factors in mm. particular was the um in our area the big charities pouring money in to keep things alive mm -hmm. and they did a brilliant job brilliant they were and charities like the lottery Trust for London, City Bridge, they really did pull out all the stops to keep things alive. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't keep everything alive, but they did very well in maintaining. Yeah, they the tried situation. with what they had. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what we found far more were the agencies shrunk rather than closed. They lost staff. Uh, um, right. But where they had some core funding, they could hang on in there with that, and although yeah. they got smaller. But of course, if smaller agencies help less people and less people were getting helped. Yeah. Um, so it's been pretty awful. But the problem now is is this influx. I'm quite surprised how much um, debt and benefits were the, the, the um, specialist agencies are doing. Mm. And partly that's people be, just being refused their benefits because the, the benefits officers get the decision wrong. Interesting. That's, that's How can they get it wrong? I, I don't get. I don't understand that because it, it should <laughs> well, be quite. I tell you, I'm disabled. I show you all the evidence, including the doctor saying I can't walk and I can't breathe, and you say, "Oh no, you're not disabled. You can't can't have wow. a disability benefit." They can get it wrong. That's that, obviously I'm making a, an example of something that's not quite that bad, but they get it wrong all the time, mm. and they get it wrong more now. There's less of them because there's less less people to do course, the work yeah. and yeah, then they make more mistakes because they're under more pressure and you can tell that by the number of benefits cases that the agencies win yeah. when they represent people far more than people representing themselves mm -hmm. um but if they represent people go along with people to the tribunal and say this is the actual case and put the case properly they overturn most of those and i mean most of those decisions yeah. Get overturned if they're challenged by an agency. Well, to be fair, the agency won't challenge a decision they think's right. But yeah, if, if a specialist agency thinks the benefits 
agency's got it wrong, then they're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they win the cases. And that that makes that sort of difference in somebody's income makes a, a massive difference to their life. Oh, for sure. For when sure. When you're kicking around on the bottom end of income, sometimes when I read this, what people say, I don't think they get it how what it's like to live on really minimum income. Yeah. And a difference of 20 quid a week, say. It's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially given how expensive, you know, energy bills have been um, and everything for that matter, even food. Um, so, you food. know. Food is the big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. If anybody tells you food's not got massive inflation, even now, <laughs> I go into Tesco's, I know. Yeah. The no, things, the, things are going up all the time and by a lot, not by a little bit. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Are you seeing any kind of any increase in in um uh people needing help around immigration issues or asylum uh, issues and things like that? Because obviously that the government's tr trying to crack down on all this stuff, and uh, I'd be just really keen to know if if you've noticed any trends there. As I was talking to you earlier, when you're doing what I do and you're not actually in the front line yeah it's hard to tell although there's always been yeah. a big a big demand for immigration advice and i do know that the the, the agencies dealing with people in detention are getting busier and busier yeah so, so that's that's really bad government crackdown on immigration yeah 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 so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what they claim, right? I mean, at, at the same time, we also know that some of the civil servants are actually not processing asylum claims at all. So that's why I'm thinking, well, there's a problem there because these people are essentially, they, they can't work here, they can't do anything here, and they have to be detained uh, until their application is processed. So that's why I'm just, I was just thinking about that, if, if there's been any kind of... Well, now we're back to there's not enough staff. Yeah, because yeah. the same thing with the benefits all going wrong. There's not enough staff processing those immigration things. Yeah. I mean, they are right. If they pro process them quickly, people that have no right to be here yeah. will be sent away. And people that have got a right to be here can then work. And and we need that. Yeah. And so I'm not sure why they don't get more staff on the job and yeah. get it done. But it's not my expertise, but it seems yeah. to me that, that the government's just not doing it. It, it. It's almost like the whole push is to spend as little as possible, even though that may end up costing money. Um, yeah. And that's nothing new about that. I mean, government's no. have done that all the time. Yeah. That's always been the case. A government department will waste money like mad as long as it's a different government department's money. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's madness. And any other kind of um trends or challenges you're seeing at the moment that need to be addressed or or anything else that you'd like to say about the legal walk at all? Well, we had a wave of problems with housing. Yeah. Because evictions were stopped during the pandemic. Right, yeah. And then interestingly, they didn't come back in the quantity that you'd think. But they did come back in quite a quantity, particularly mortgage evictions. Um, and so that was a wave of extra problems. People right. suddenly who'd been immune from being thrown out, suddenly being thrown out. And of course, 
when you've left it that long, well, debt can be so huge, there's nothing anybody can do about it. You can't really yeah. come to an arrangement when the debt's got enormous. Yeah. Um, so that was a problem with housing. Benefits and debt, I've told you. Immigration has always bubbled along as a big problem, immigration advice. Yeah. Um, human trafficking has grown over the last few years quite a lot. Or yeah. at least become more obvious. Yeah. Um, and there are agencies specifically dealing with with modern day slavery and um Yeah, yeah. There's an agency called Atliu. I, I don't know their proper name, I've forgotten it, but Atliu are brilliant. And they deal with all those cases mm. that they can. And um that's been a grind problem. There's always problems. Problems, yeah. problems, <laughs> problems. And these are people's lives and then at the end of all that there were mental health problems yeah, caused by the other oh, problems yeah, yeah, pe yeah people that are in debt and getting overwhelmed by their other problems end up getting very depressed and and that depression becomes a proper mental health problem yeah and you see quite a bit of that now quite a lot yeah 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 so caused caused depression as opposed to clinical depression yeah and that's that's not great so all those things are interlinked and it's best if they can be dealt with together, all the different problems. Yeah. Debt, debt, family, mental health can all go together very quickly. Um, and housing yeah. problems come along with it. So, yes, there's an increase. And we will do what we can to raise the money to help those people. Yeah. And what we can do is organise events, not just the legal walk. We do get yeah. people jumping out of aeroplanes. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is not yeah. something I would ever do, but uh, kudos to them, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, that tandem skydiving looks fun from the ground. I've been to several <laughs> of our events with tandem and looking up and thinking, yeah, that looks fun, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, oh, they won't have me. That's my weight, my age, they won't have me. But, um, yeah, we do all sorts of things. We've got places in the London to Brighton cycle, if you know any cyclists that want to do that for us. That's coming really up. Brighton, so yeah. Uh, well, if you, want, if you want to cycle there from London, <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> I, I don't think I could, but um, yeah, because that's quite. I mean, I'm not really physical, so. Um, <laughs> but if I know people, I'll make sure to let them know. Um, anyway, anybody can look on our website and see all the different events we're doing. People running through the park and that sort of stuff, <laughs> and um, and then we link with other charities to deliver funds for great big things there's things things that we're doing that people never see we're trying to develop young legal aid lawyers at the moment uh, that's really interesting yeah well we're, we're being helped by we're being helped actually <laughs> we're doing our best to be part of it but yeah some of the big charities and um I can never remember what the London Councils is called nowadays. It's not the GLC anymore, is it? But but they're doing quite a lot of stuff towards the, the debt. Yeah. Um, so we draw in money from all these other places and deliver it, basically because we know the agencies, so we mm -hmm. know where it's not going to be wasted. We've got this system called Centres of Excellence, and we keep an eye not just on that they give good advice, because that's actually they do, but also that they do decent management of their services so they don't chuck money away. Yeah. Um, because that's an important thing. There's no point giving them loads of money and 
and then it's not efficiently used. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, point. I don't mean by that the same thing that legal, legal aid means. I mean yeah. just, just being sensible, just being yeah. normal and sensible. Yeah, we run things like um, we've got a buying club where agencies can buy things cheaper than they could get them on their own because we've got dozens of agencies in the club. So we do all sorts of weird and peculiar things <laughs> um, to, to try yeah. and get access to justice for people that can't pay for it. That's it. That's everything. Well, um, listeners are invited to check out uh, the website. Um, so we'll make sure to have a link when we when we put this um podcast up oh, on, on our website um so yeah and um no thank you for joining us today i really appreciate it that uh, you took some time out of your day uh, to speak to me um for this important cause uh i'm sure i don't know are you are you going to the legal walk in three weeks yeah yes I'm, i've never missed one yet i was at a legal Good. walk two weeks after my heart attack. oh my gosh <laughs> i did i did just sit there in, in the law society but i was there Wow. Well, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see you in in, in two and a half weeks. In that case, thank you so much. And um, to the listeners, uh, we are walking uh, the legal walk. So um, we'll put also a link to donate to us if you wish uh, on our website and on the LinkedIn post as well. Uh, Bob, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Um, And we'll see you in three weeks. And um, people can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much, guys. You've been listening to Council Culture, the Business of Law podcast brought to you by Byfield. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and join us again next week where we'll be discussing some more of the biggest stories in the legal sector.